an excellent day, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. I'm very grateful and thankful to speak to us today. Uh, this is our weekly podcast, and I'm very thrilled, very excited. Uh, the results that we've been hearing from different people who have been applying the principles that are taught through this medium are just really amazing. And I'm grateful and thankful, guys. Keep chiming in. Keep sharing your stories and your testimonies of the various benefits that you're receiving from applying these principles, uh, whether it's in your improvement in your relationships, improvement in your finances, or improvement in just health and well-being. I'm very grateful and thankful for the opportunity to play a part. So if this is your first time, welcome to All in One, One and All. Uh, if this is your second time, third, or multiple times, welcome back. And, and I pray that you continue to listen as we continue to grow. You know, over the time that we've been doing these teachings, uh, we've been helping individuals to understand uh, different areas of life. You know, and life is pretty simple. Life is one. And of course, you know, as human beings, we have broken up, broken it up into different parts. And because of breaking it up in this way, you know, we have, in a sense, made it more complicated than it had to be. And now we're sort of working our way back uh, to get back to the original way things were designed to be. So we're taking time out over um, this year to help to break down certain areas and bring clarity to where we have made a confusing set of circumstances for ourselves. Uh, so my name is Dr. Harry Benjamin, uh, transformational teacher and speaker. And uh, this month, we're releasing our first book, in a book of new thoughts. I'm very thrilled about it. It's complete. Uh, we're just putting some final touches on it before it's off to the publishers. And uh, we expect that it will be in the publisher's hands um, no later than Wednesday. And then we will have physical copies available to us very soon thereafter. And also we'll have it online as well for people around the world to be able to purchase ebooks. And also we'll be releasing an audio version of that book as well. It's loaded. It's actually very loaded. It covers a wide array and our, you know, an arrangement of different topics, ideas, concepts. Uh, and it all comes back to the simple thing of identifying that everything that we need, we already have. And last week's talk, we covered up the beginning stages of really helping to flesh out abundance and having more. And that was lesson one. So this is lesson two on having more. You know, how can we have more? You know, more is something that all of us desire to have more in our lives in different areas. You know, whether it's increasing, um, feeling more peace, more joy, have more love flowing through us. And we're talking about abundance. And we spoke about abundance and a blessing being centered in our being, meaning that we already have it. We already have it resting within us. And what we need to do is to activate it for it to be expressed. So today we want to talk how about more so about how to really get engaged in such a way that the abundance that we are starts to express itself as our very life. Now, the abundance is inherent, so you and I don't have to do anything to get it. We already have it. What we have to do is to allow it to express itself by means of us. So what we have done over the years, you know, in terms of how we have educated ourselves and understood ourselves, is that we have been looking outside for something. We have been thinking that it's based on what we acquire that determines whether we have abundance or not. I remember my own experience coming up and as a young person becoming an adult. And I thought, certainly, when I heard abundance, you know, abundance, when you look at a mango tree and you see it loaded with mangoes and mangoes are spread all around its feet, 
then you say the mango tree is is um, bearing and it's an abundance of mangoes. And that is correct. Now, what we oftentimes do is that in our own personal lives, we are waiting to see the materialization of the mangoes in our lives, whether it's in terms of our relationship, if in terms of our health, in terms of finances and money. We're waiting to see the material picture to feel that we have abundance. And then that's the arrow. So as a result, I can remember, you know, when we had, you know, a situation years back, several years back, you know, we were refrigerators overflowing with food and locker was overflowing. And, you know, we felt like we're living in abundance because we could see so much around us. You know, I have friends that they have clothes in every single closet in their home, personal clothes, every single closet, the whole home, the entire home is filled with their clothes. So every closet, there's no space for nothing else because they feel that when they have all that stuff around them, they feel like they're living in abundance. So what happens is that we we mistakenly think that abundance is the actual picture of the manifestation, the things in our life. Whether it is, you know, relationship is going well, the car is doing well, the money's in the bank, the home is fine, you know, you have all of these things around you. And when we see all of these things around us, that's when people tend to feel like they're living in abundance. And that's the error. We're actually abundance itself, meaning that we are the abundance that shows up as the car, shows up as the relationship, shows up as the house, shows up as the uh, all needs being met, shows up as money in the bank. That comes from who and what we are. If you think about just starting from scratch with nothing in your hands, right? So you're, you know, right now you have zero in your hands and then you can actually go ahead and express abundance. How will you do this? Well, the first thing to recognize is that you have everything. You have the strength, you have the courage, you have the wisdom, you have peace, you have patience. You already have all of these qualities and you can keep affirming them. I am a peace, I am joy, I am strength, I am courage, I am wisdom, I am abundance, I am prosperity. And by keep on affirming them, then the truth of what we really are starts to flourish from within. It starts to blossom from within. So by coming into alignment with our true nature, instead of looking outside for something, we recognize that we already have everything. And you could start by just reminding yourself that you are the blessing. I am a blessing. I am abundance. I am prosperity. I am whole. I am perfect. I am complete. And you begin there. And then as you're beginning there, you could start to say kind things to people. Start to say, you know, I bless you. You know, start to say you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're awesome. And you start to use your words to stimulate and activate the life that's already within you. Then what starts to happen when life recognizes that you recognize life and you have now come back into alignment, then life can start to flow through you. Just like a seed that we plant in the ground. And we spoke about the orange seed bearing multiple oranges because the seed went into the ground and germinated. And when it germinated, it went on to produce a tree which produced oranges. So the life in us, once we come into tune with it, into alignment with it, and we're not disconnecting ourselves consciously from it because we cannot disconnect ourselves from it subconsciously. We can only disconnect ourselves from it consciously. We can think apart from life. We can think in a way that life does not function. So people could say to themselves, I am poor, right? So, they, you know, I would never say that to myself anymore, but people say that to themselves. And life is not poor, so that's a conscious disconnection 
meaning that they consciously disconnected themselves from the wealth that they are and used the words of life that they are to make an illusory self that is poor. And because of how life functions and the laws of life, the manifestation of that will happen in the future if the person keeps affirming that or declaring that over their lives or feeling that from within because of watching with their physical eyes what's happening in their environment or the circumstances that they may have been born into or living in. So if you, if you disavow that, right, disavow the poverty, disavow the circumstances that you do not want in your life, and you step away from that, and then you start to declare the truth of our being. I am abundance. I am peace. I am joy. I am love. Regardless of what the circumstances. Let's use a scenario where somebody is in, you know, abject poverty and they step out of it and they start to affirm, I am love. I am peace. I am joy. I am abundance. Not step out of it in terms of physically now, but step out of it mentally. So they're coming back into alignment with the truth of their being. And as they start to come into alignment with the truth of their being, and life now realizes that, okay, you remember who I am. You remember that I am your life. Then it creates the conditions for life to start to blossom through us. So what starts to happen is that life starts to give you ideas. You may have an idea like, okay, call this person. Go to this place. And you may recognize that there's an opportunity there. You know, you may see that. Um, let me give you a, an, an example. You know, the book launch is coming up, right? And, um, you know, I've been in tune with a life flowing through me. And as some of you know, the book and all these various things. And on, it was on, I think it was on Friday morning. Um, the day before, Richard asked me if I had time to do a meeting. And I said, yes, I do. And, uh, he, you know, I said, Friday morning, Ikoi, 9.30. At Southern Sun Hotel. So I was headed to Southern Sun Hotel to do the meeting with the lady. And she called me to say that she couldn't make it because her car developed a problem. And asked me to come to her office. And when I went to her office and we sat down a beautiful place, brand new place on, on this street called Walter Carrington, which is next door to the U.S. Embassy. And, uh, you know, she said, and I told her that I'm working on a book and showed her the business. She loved the business and she, you know, she wants to get involved. But then she asked me about the book and I told her what the book was about. And I, and I told her we're doing a launch soon. And then she asked me where. And I said in VI. And she said where? I haven't finalized yet. And then she said, okay, why don't you do it here? We could give you the place for free. <laughs> I was like, wow, this, when you guys get to see, for those who get to see it, when we send the videos out, if you, if you're not here, or if you're here and you come and see this magnificent place that we're going to launch the book. But my point is, I'm not the one who figured out where, figured out how, figured out, even the, even the fact that we're getting it for free was amazing. Now, life will blossom through you if you allow life to blossom through you. Now, I didn't make that happen. That happened. Right? That's just, that's what we call a miracle. So in life, knows that you know that life is your life. <laughs> Meaning, let me say it again. When life knows that you know that it is your life, then it will start to blossom through you. It will start to bloom through you. So what we need to do is to provide the right conditions for it to blossom and bloom through us. And how we do this is to come into alignment with it. And then it will start to give you ideas. So I just gave you an idea 
of, okay, you know, meet this person, go here, but then life steps into the way, the car broke down for the lady, I had to go to her office, and then if I didn't go to her office, and I didn't uh, connect with her that way, if I had been said, okay, seeing that you can't make it today, I, you know, let's push it off another time, I didn't even know she was traveling on the Sunday for a few weeks to go to another country, so there's so many pieces there that we would, we don't know and life can coordinate these things for you if you open up yourself to allow life to flow through you. So the issue that most of us have had is that we, we, we block life. We slow life down because what we're doing is that we're looking outside for evidence to make a move. We're looking outside to see, you know, if this is Okay, should I go here? Shouldn't I go there? You know, we're looking outside and we're assessing and we're trying to make decisions with our thinking mind as opposed to just allowing life to flow. For example, I just allowed things to happen. You know, couldn't meet with me. Okay, I shifted. Okay, you know, not being resistant. You know, not being, um, trying to dictate how things would go all the time, but being pliable, being flexible and allowing things to unfold. So here, let's go back to that example now. And I've given you a living example. And I know I'm going to give you some theoretical um, perspectives on this issue. So somebody who's in abject poverty, poor, doesn't have much, they can consciously step out of it into abundance and prosperity. Consciously. They can start to affirm, I'm abundance, I'm whole, I'm perfect, I'm complete. Because as human beings are not just human beings, but as spiritual beings, we have the faculty to think independent of any circumstance or situation. We are created in the image and likeness of God. Meaning, we have the capacity to think independent of any circumstance and we can create a brand new life from zero with nothing in our hands. So somebody in abject poverty can disconnect consciously from their situation. They're no longer thinking about their situation. They're thinking from the truth of their being and they're saying, I'm whole, I'm perfect, I'm abundant, I'm, I'm, I'm prosperous. They're declaring these things and they're staying with it consciously so they have now connected with the subconscious truth of their wealth and their prosperity. Now, once they start to declare now, once they start to speak this, what starts to happen is that life recognizes that they remember life. So the life in them, God in them, starts to provide desires, starts to give them dreams of things that they can do. So it shows up, desire, de meaning of, S-I-R-E, meaning father. So the desire now shows up in your mind. In your heart, it starts to burn for you to accomplish something. It may start with something simple, like, okay, you have a desire, you know, you're in, you're in abject poverty, so you have a desire to go look for, um, to start planting, um, something, right? The, the, the idea may come into your mind to start planting a tree, you know, a fruit like bananas or plantains or, you know, the idea may come into you to start doing something very simple. The way you could actually go find some seeds, or find an existing fruit tree that God has provided already, and then you start to pick from these fruit trees. You go pick some mangoes, you go pick something, and then you start to sell it. And then you start to sell that, and then that desire becomes fulfilled. And then what life now does is put another desire in you. Now that you have this money, start to give you the idea, okay, you could use this money that you have now gotten, and you can actually go and buy um, some, some electronics. 
And you can actually put a profit on it and sell it because this person over there is looking for this particular product. Then it starts to give you ideas of maybe a bigger business. You could rent a shop. You could do this. You could do that. Then it may start to give you ideas like you could start a business. I remember when I got the idea of doing the new the car business, right? I was a medical doctor. I had the desire to earn way more money than medicine could pay me. And I saw one of my friends doing the car business. I decided I would try it. And when I saw the results, I realized that this would be bigger than what I'd ever done, what I could do in medicine. And I went ahead with it, and it became a big business. But the idea came from the presence of God. You see, the desire to do something comes from God. But what happens sometimes is when we have these dreams or these desires, uh, uh, and then we step away from it, and then that now robs us of the opportunity to step into a greater yet to be. Because we denied that impulse, that urge to express more of life as our very being. So what we have to do is to pay attention to these desires. Pay attention to our dreams. What is it that is yours to do? What is it that life is beckoning and urging you to do? And by denying these urges, benign these impulses, what you're doing is causing life in you to be dormant, causing life in you to be somewhat still and not very active because we're not going after the dreams, the goals, the desires, the aspirations. You know, will going after the dreams, the goals, the desires, the aspirations be easy? No. You know, they're going to be sometimes quite challenging. We're going to face uh, issues that we'll have to overcome. You know, we'll have to have commitment and conviction to continuously overcome everything that's going to come our way. The word commitment, continuously overcoming many mountains, inhibiting their magnificence, entering new territory, right? So we're going to enter new territory. Now, the new territory is what is described as the promised land. Now, the promised land is not a future land somewhere that somebody is preparing for us, where we'll have milk and honey and and everything will be, all our needs will be met perpetually. Uh, you know, that's not, that's not the way a promised land is. The promised land is actually blank. It is empty. There's nothing in it. And what ends up in the promised land is based on what your declarations are today. The promised land, your promised land of tomorrow is based on your declarations today. Are you declaring wealth and prosperity and abundance? Are you declaring your goals, your desires, your dreams? Do you have your vision board? Are you doing your visualization? Are you doing your life visioning? Are you waking up the the talents and the gifts that you have within you and now expressing them into this world so that the world can get to benefit from them. So our responsibility is to go within, find the flame of our life, identify our desires, identify our dreams. The word dreams, desires resting, enticing a magnificent soul. So dreams, desires resting, enticing a magnificent soul. So what's happening is that the dreams in you are enticing you. And they are really, the, the dream can become a desire. Which means now the desire is a dream resting, existing, subconsciously inspiring excellence. Right? Desire, you know, um, revealing excellence. So the dream is encrypted. Right, D-E, dream is encrypted in you. So the dreams are encrypted. Dreams encrypted, subconsciously, inspiring, revealing excellence. That's the word desire. Dreams encrypted, right? Subconsciously, inspiring, revealing excellence. So the desire is there and it's inspiring you. It is, it is literally urging you to go forward and reveal excellence. 
And that shows up sometimes as a little nudge. And I use the example of someone in abject poverty moving their way out by responding to the first initial desire. The first initial desire may just be, okay, you know, plant these, these fruits or pick these fruits and go and sell them. And then that little desire to accomplish that goal, right, can become now the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And if you keep responding to these, life will continuously move you from glory to a 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 glory. That's how it works. And it starts from something very simple. If you're already at a certain level, just pay attention to what your urge is. What is your nudge? What is this that is yours to do? There's always, life is always nudging us forward. And there is a flip side to this, because when you do not respond to the urge, when you do not respond to the dreams, they become like water in a dam that wells up. And it keeps welling up until one day it bursts open and you have what you call an emergency in your life. You know, I love to use the story of, of Monica. Because Monica Nyoka, um, for several years, had been withholding the dream, had been keeping the dream um, suppressed within her being. For 10 years, she was at the bank. And before she entered the bank, she had the dream of taking care of people and doing, you know, in terms of taking people who are homeless from the streets and doing that particular foundation. And she had that as a dream. And she was she had suspended it by saying she didn't have time. You know, the bank was she always getting up early, going to bed late. You know, so she didn't have time to do that. And then the emergency of losing the job came and her husband lost his job too. Both of them had to find another way of being. They entered into um, Organo. Now they have a business. Now they're doing more. Now she's been able to start taking people, taking care of people. Uh, her foundation is now on the verge of in, unfolding in magnificent ways, right? Um, feeding people on the streets of Lagos has start, already started to happen. And now getting into that next phase of pulling people from the streets and housing them and feeding them and clothing them. Now, this would not happen, right? You know, plus being a, a co-founder in this all-in-one, one-in-all movement as well and playing a significant role in unfolding that as well. Now, this would not have happened if she had held on to a smaller life, if she had tried to say, you know what, no, let me stay here, let me find another job at the bank after she had lost that one. No, she allowed the emergency to be where she emerged and E-M-E-R-G-E-N-S-E-E. Emerge and see <laughs> instead of emergency. So you can emerge and see another life when an emergency breaks out in your life. But what generally causes this is when we are holding on, we're trying to make life in us be small. So the life in us is urging us, is nudging us, is the dreams, the desires. They're there trying by means of you to live, to express, to come into your greater yet to be. And what we tend to do is to try to make our life small. And when we try to make this great, grand, magnificent life that we are small, sometimes it bursts itself out of us and expresses itself. I remember when I read this book, Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, several years ago. It was given to me. I think Carlin was the one who gave me that book. And, you know, when I remember, I remember this, this statement he made that, you know, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. So, you know, meaning Jesus using the word Jesus here and the name Jesus rather to identify that inner impulse, that inner urge. Right, that sometimes people have given that inner urge the name of an avatar, the name of a great person. People give the name 
or the urge and the impulse of life in us, they give it to someone historical like a Buddha or a Jesus or a Krishna. And some people mistakenly associate the urge with the being that did something great in the past. Right? So he said, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. So gently knocking to tell you, let's go, let's live, let's express, let's do more, let's express this dream, let's do this, right? But he said, sometimes Jesus stands at the door and bombs, meaning that life now erupts from your very being and it bombs and what looks like total disruption in your life because this went wrong, that's going haywire, all of these things are falling apart, it's life emerging. And one of the things to remember is that anytime you see Anytime you see a breakdown, anytime you see that things are not going what you call well, they're not going in the direction that you like, that's the breakdown ahead of your breakthrough. You know, oftentimes life is trying to get your attention and things need to move out of your way for the greater expression of your life to happen. And whenever we're not doing this, life sometimes uses these experiences to get our attention by pulling certain things that we were using as crutches out of our way, pulling the crutch from under your arm, boom. You now have to learn to walk on your own feet. You know, you now have to develop the inner strength that you always had, which you were not using because you were dependent on something external. You were using something of a crutch in your life instead of expressing the grand, glorious life that we are. So sometimes life pulls things out of our way pulls things out of our hands and empties our hands, literally takes the things that we are holding on to that are keeping life in us small. And by taking these things from our hands, so to speak, then life now can express into grander, more glorious dimensions of who and what we really are. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, we are glorious, grand, magnificent beings. We have not scratched the scratch of the scratch of the scratch of the scratch as yet. We are just getting ready to reveal life's glorious nature. And most of us have not started to consciously come into union. So this channel, what we're doing here, based on what I've also learned for myself and what I've also been able to experience, is to help us to come into conscious union. To have a conscious reunion with life. Unconsciously, we are one with life. Life beats our heart. Life pumps the blood in our, in our, in our capillaries and the arteries and the veins. Life does that for us. Life digests our food. Life even gives us the thoughts that we're thinking. So, but what we did mistakenly is to use those thoughts to think apart from life instead of thinking as one with life. So what we seek, we're seeking to do through teaching here is to remind us that we are one with life. When we remember that we're one with life and we recognize it, meaning that we re-know it because you can't recognize what you didn't already have. So you re-know what you had. You remember that you are one with life. When you remember this and you have an inner knowing, you have now have a conscious, you now have a conscious reunion. Just like we have a reunion with those who went to high school with or college with, and you can disconnect for some time and not have an awareness of people who you were with in high school, and then you didn't even remember that you knew them. And when you went back to the reunion, you realized, oh, wow, I haven't seen you. We knew each other from we were in primary school, but so many years I forgot that I knew you. 
Right? So just think about maybe some people that you went to primary school or secondary school or high school with and you hadn't seen them in 20, 30 years. You may have forgotten that you even know them. And it's when you actually see them again, you say, ah, I recognize you. I remember who you are. We were in such and such and such and such and such together. Now, that is the way it is with our life. When you have that conscious reunion, when you remember now, you will remember, oh, man, I've always been with God. God has always been me. The life that's in me has always been here. It was never gone. It was never somewhere else. It's always been at my center and my core. It has never left me. This life is my very life and being. It has been supporting me all along, but I was just consciously disconnected from it. But now I'm consciously remembering and recognizing the truth of my being. I now know that God is my life and my life is God's life and you can declare it. And this is what happens. When you become consciously reunited with the love, the joy, the peace, the abundance, the prosperity, then life now starts to coordinate things for you. And the things that we could never do. Think about this, my friends, because this book launch that's coming up is amazing, right? We have been given, life gave us a a beautiful, magnificent place on Walter Carrington. Walter Carrington, some people don't even go to that street because it's the U.S. Embassy Street. Some people say, what do you, what's your business there? Why, why are you even on the street? And life has coordinated our book launch to be on that road in one of the most magnificent environments. How do you do that? You can't. But when you're consciously united with life and life knows that you remember life, then life will go before you and prepare the way for you even before you get there. Even before you even get there, life has already gone there and prepared the way. And that's how it works, my friends. I'm telling you. I've seen this over and over again. And at this stage, I want each and every one of us listening to my voice to, to, to mature, to meditate, to affirmatively pray, to decree and to declare and announce it so that eventually you, are, you come to know that life is you, that God and you are one. And there's no distance. There's no otherness. There's no separation. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing in the past, nothing now, and nothing in the future because your very life and your very being is the God in your center. Man, I'm fired up and I'm excited and I know that your life is getting ready to go to another dimension as you're applying the principles. There are seven key things that we need to embrace. One is meditation silently. Two, affirmative prayer. Three, we need to have spiritual study. Four, high-minded conversations. Five, we need to do our life visioning. Six, we need to actually do selfless service. And seven, we need to have fellowship with one another so that we have maintained a high vibe and we are helping more and more people to come up into this rarefied atmosphere of the unity of consciousness as us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my honor, my privilege sharing with you today. I pray that you got something very valuable from this talk and I hope that something in it touched you somewhere so that you take this information, apply it and transform your life. I will see you at the top. You're already there. Just need to be there consciously. (laughs) So we'll see you at the Omnipotent Palace. God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you later. Bye for now.